This podcast is produced by Unedited. Hello dreamers and welcome to the Dreamers Disease with myself Alex Manzi where we'll hear the stories of someone inspirational who's out in the world and following their passions and their dreams because I believe it's the disease of dreaming and not doing that causes us to live unhappy lives so we try to gain some wisdom and motivation from each episode and put it into our own lives. On this week's episode I'm joined by Anika Allen who is the co-founder of the Colour Network and also the Black Magic Network and she's got an amazing story and journey and a lot of passion that goes into everything she does and you know we had a really great conversation about her background and how growing up has really affected her and inspired her. We also talked about, you know, dealing with sickle cell and how that's affected her life and all of the sort of ways within her story that she's learned and adapted as she's gone along. And again, it comes down to this thing of having a really close circle of people around her who keep her inspired and keep her buzzing to do her work. So it's a really great episode. But before we jump in, I want to thank you for listening make sure you hit that subscribe button and make sure you follow the Instagram page the underscore dreamers disease for daily motivation and inspiration. But without any further ado, let's jump straight in and hear Anika's story. So as someone who's obviously quite busy and you've done lots of things and you have run and been part of various different companies, like what does your day-to-day look like now? Um, if you'd asked me that, two weeks ago it's different two weeks ago to what it looks like now because two weeks ago I was kind of fully kind of just freelancing and kind of contracting and just doing all my entrepreneurial stuff but I actually um got um, a contract for actually a full-time role I've actually just accepted a full-time role as I'm um, working on a diversity team within Barclays so, oh, um, nice. so yeah so it's like oh, cool. literally a kind of big yeah. industry change but but doing something that I'm passionate about, which is diversity and inclusion. Yeah, so what, so what then what does that role entail? Because when you think about Barclays and diversity, you wouldn't normally put the two together because a bank's a bank, they take your money, they give it back to you, yeah. etc. So what would that kind of... Well, actually, um, as a brand, they're leading the way in diversity and inclusion mm. and doing a lot of good in terms of getting women into senior, senior leadership roles within the organisation, doing a lot within the community, whether it's with young people and apprenticeships mm. and with their life skills. I mean, it's all very new. I'm, I'm only just starting, so I can't, yeah. I can't speak on the brand yet, but they do a lot around kind of different agendas when it comes to disability, <coughs> gender, LGBT... Um, you know, dynamic working, so flexible yeah. working, lots of lots of different um, different things. So, you know, so it's going to be quite exciting for me to kind of just learn a bit more about that space because outside of that diversity, kind of doing things for young people, doing events and kind of platforms for women, you know, it's always been kind of because what I've enjoyed and what I've been about. Yeah. Hence why with the Black Magic Network we started the Black Magic Awards, which is an award ceremony honouring women of colour that have paved yeah. the way in various industries. So yeah. it, it still fits with kind of me and what I'm doing and what I enjoy. And I'm doing a content role there. Yeah. So working on a women's portal to start off with. Yeah. Oh, nice. And so with the Black Magic Network, because you've already... I was going to come to this later, seeing yeah. as we were on the topic. Um, <laughs> what is the purpose of it? Yeah. And... Where did you sort of come up with the idea and decide to then put things into action? So, so my background, having I had a platform called Flavor Mag, which is a youth lifestyle publication, mm-hmm. so it was print and online. And so Kojo, knowing what I'd done with Flavor Mag and also with other things that I'd worked on, approached me and said, oh, we had this idea um, in regards to um, creating an online platform showcasing kind of film and video. And actually, um, I'd had a similar idea as well. 
and that I'd been speaking to someone about. And then, so it just kind of made sense. Um, yeah. I was te teaming up together and trying to see what we could make happen. Yeah. So we launched the business. Um, so we had a website there where we kind of showcased videos on you from youtube and curated the best content out there from online but having kind of sat down and reevaluated, we what we want now is for the platform to be if netflix met bet um that's kind of what it would look like so a membership platform curating content from around the diaspora kind of whether you're in germany whether you're in france whether you're in africa caribbean england like mm. curating the best of that diverse content into one platform and um, but to do that properly we need the right backing and mm. the right investment and funding so we're kind of working on that end at the moment so th the main things we're concentrating on are doing kind of smaller kind of like events and workshops and also a bigger event with the black magic awards to kind of continue and getting the brand name out there yeah. while we're still building in the background yeah and what would be i know you've said you'd if it was bt meets netflix but like looking 10 years down the line or even 15 years down the line yeah like what is the real big picture for the the Black Magic Network. The big picture is for it to be a global platform that people subscribe to um, around the world, watching content, we're producing content. So we're not just acquiring content, we're also producing our own content, which we have already done. Yeah. You know, Kojo's been creating content and things for the platform. So we've already been doing that, but on a bigger scale with bigger budgets, working with big brands and organizations that want to fund this content yeah. and showcasing just, you know, the wet from breadth of kind of black, black life because a lot of the times on TV, you know, you're always seeing the drug dealers, you're always seeing the negative stereotypes. You, you're always seeing just one kind of, just, you know, one type of black person when there's mm. not just one type and yeah. and we don't get that here. It's particularly in the UK. So a lot of our focus when we post um, content on our social media and online is with a big UK focus yeah. at the moment because in the UK, you feel like one, everybody looks to America for um, for role models when it comes to kind of act role models and and also for content as well. You, you know, you, you kind of like, oh, England's not, it's not making content that represents me or where I can see a reflection of myself. Yeah. And we want to be able to change that. Yeah, well, I think the closest, isn't it, that they've kind of come to that. But again, it's on that real gritty side was mm. the, well, the kid hoods and that kind of the trilogy, but also um, Top Boy, which yeah. is obviously a massive program f based on, I don't know what you call it, street culture, I guess. Yeah. Um, but like you said, it's it's just one version it, of life in exactly, the UK. Exactly. And it's so, not representative across the board. Yeah, exactly. Where, you know, where are the love stories with, yeah. <laughs> with you yeah. know, where are the black the black families? Yeah. You know, it's all it's all of that that we kind of just, you know, just want a mix, a mix, not just not just one type of person on TV. Yeah. Was, so. Have you been watching... Um, the new Noel Clark and Ashley Bulletproof. Willi Bulletproof. Yes, I have. I have actually. I, and I actually think that's really good. A for that reason that they're kind of not pitching themselves in a negative light because they're policemen, mm -hmm. but B just because it's so refreshing to see those two actors in particular in in almost it's not really light-hearted. It's not comedy, but the the rock it feels a bit more light do you know what I mean yeah. it's not like dark and gritty and no definitely and it, although it is a police show but <laughs> <laughs> no I think it's brilliant actually I think it's been um very well edited very well scripted 
casted right in terms of how their roles are and the relationship between Ashley Waters and his wife as well. Yeah. You know, they've just got this. And so that's what I mean, just seeing a nice, yeah. loving black family on TV yeah. where actually, you know, they've got kids, they're married, they're happy, yeah. they support each other. You know, you don't get to see that on British TV yeah. that often to kind of reflect the family, the family life where you, what you may know. So yeah. I think that's, it's, not, it's been a great thing. And so I hope it gets, I think it's going to get recommissioned. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I think it's been, I mean, I've, I think it's about four episodes in as we record and it's, yeah, it's been really good but mm. like on that how important then do you think it is for kids growing up to see those influential and kind of positive figures on their screens in situations like you said a family show or a romance story or whatever else it may be yeah. is that does that have a real importance for the youth do you I think it's very important because if you think I mean I always had to know that I could be it before I could see it because mm. growing up there was never anybody around me that worked within the creative industries or you know you didn't really see at that time kind of like in the 90s you didn't see very many black people on TV yeah. or you know a cameraman or a journalist you just you just didn't really yeah. see that and particularly in Birmingham where I grew up so it was like okay well this is what I wanted to be. And I knew from the age of eight that I actually wanted to be a journalist because mm. I used to watch this program called um, Press Pack yeah. that used to come on in News Round. And so, and I used to say, oh, this is what I'm going to be. I'm going to be <laughs> like doing a news reporter and writing. And th yeah. this was from the age of eight. Wow. Um, despite not being able to see anyone like that, but yeah. that was just me. But most people um, don't believe they can be something until they can see, so see yeah. something and oh. they can actually digest and say, yeah. I can do that because this person's doing it so I can too. And so I think it's important for people to have kind of role models and to see people within different positions, you know, to see the lawyers, to see the doctors, to see the politicians and know that actually if they can get there, then I can get there too. Mm. And so I think if you're, um, you know, like probably growing up, you probably saw lots of people in all sorts of various positions that yeah. you're like, oh, and whether it's on TV, whether it's in a magazine and, and so I think people sometimes don't realise how um, how that can affect you by not seeing those images. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because, I mean, for me, like, I, I come from an um, Italian background. So <coughs> a lot of my childhood was spent with other families and, and kids who are the same of Italian descent. So although, I mean, it's different because, you know, you've obviously seen a lot of white people on TV when you're growing up. But mm. in terms of, like, Italian representation there wasn't really a lot of that. Yeah. And it was always like Super Mario Brothers or do you know what I mean? It was like <laughs> yeah. always like a comical kind of um, stereotypical side to things. But looking at the people that I had around me and that network of family and friends and stuff, mm. you were seeing people who were doing well in their respective, and a lot of them were, you know, would have owned like snack bars and coffee mm. shops and restaurants and t typical kind of, you know, in inverted yeah. commas, typical Italian type of, of jobs. So, to see that made you think, actually, I can, like, do something. But you're right, it wasn't like, oh, I can go and be, I don't know, a policeman or a top, mm. you know, journalist or low because you weren't necessarily seeing it. It was, like, footballer or, like, just looking at who was around with, like, the family businesses and stuff like that. Um, but talking on that, what was your background like? Because you grew up in Birmingham, right? Yeah. So, like you said, growing up outside of London... Mm -hmm. How was that for you? And what was your kind of family life like as a as a kid? Um, I mean, growing up outside of London, I grew up in um, Birmingham. And so got a twin sister. Do you? Yeah. Oh. Um, got 
five half brothers yeah. and so um big family on both sides um big oh, from jamaica and jamaican background yeah. so a big loud family that will tell you <laughs> what they think you know if, if you're fat they'll tell you you're fat if they think you look ugly today they'll tell you you look ugly if you've done a great thing they'll celebrate you and tell the world as well that's yeah. the kind of <laughs> family they are but um yeah growing up went to local comprehensive school which was actually very rubbish <laughs> people you know doing drugs not actually doing very well at school yeah no i did i did well but my school wasn't the greatest yeah. schools i I've got um, one of my best friends in Birmingham. She's a teacher. And I remember when she went for her first teaching job. And they're like, oh, what school did you go to again? And she was like, oh, I went to, I went to the comp. And they were like, oh, God, you did well if you went to that school. <laughs> so <laughs> you've done well to make it out. Basically, job, yeah. basically. Because it oh, went, wow. it's, I mean, it's changed its name about four times yeah, since, yeah. Um, since I left and things. I mean, we didn't even have, I, you know, I did a good degree in journalism. I didn't have an English teacher for the last two years when I was at school. Oh, really? wow. Literally, our teacher had some breakdown and then never came back. And then we had all substitute teachers. Teachers. Yeah, and um, and I remember um, I wasn't I wasn't a SWAT or anything like that, but I liked English, so that was my favourite yeah. subject. So to not have a teacher, luckily my friend that was it that is a teacher now. She liked English too because she's yeah. an English teacher, yeah. and so we used to sit in the class and we used to look through the anthology and say, "What do you think this means? What do you think we should write there?" And we both got we both got A's for English, oh, really? considering we never had a teacher. That's good. That's <laughs> so, very good. So, um, I mean, I didn't get an A, and I had I had two teachers. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, actually, I got one A and I got a B, but then like, six months later in the post, they sent me a letter saying my B had got changed to an A randomly. Oh, really? That's yeah. But um, but yeah, school was like I said, average. You know, average school, college was just normal I, yeah. I, I had a normal life it was you know playing out with friends riding the bike yeah. kind of just enjoying life my mum sent my sister and I to Saturday school so that we could get that additional kind of black history that we that she knew we wouldn't we wouldn't get in school so mm. we could learn about you know the Ashanti tribe we could learn about Marcus Garvey we could learn about Bob Marley and yeah. just different things about black culture that we wouldn't get on yeah. a day-to-day -day from history lessons at school so um I was looking back now, I always think that was a good thing that she did in terms of sending us there because I think a lot of, particularly um, people that are younger than me now, I feel like a lot of them don't know their history mm. or their culture. And some people, you know, wherever their family are from, probably haven't even had the chance to kind of go back there, whether it's in the Caribbean or Africa. And, and so I'm definitely happy that one, I did go to Saturday school to kind of learn more yeah. about my history and background. But then also my nan took me to Jamaica as a child so that I could understand kind of where our family came from and and how everybody kind of lives over there when if you're from kind of like certain parts. Yeah. yeah. Do you find that as well? Like I had this real um, moment this year. I went back to Italy mm. to go see my nan. I mean, she comes over like every year. So I see her every year. But we went to go see her for Easter. Mm. Um, and I had this moment where she lives in like a really remote village in the mountains in Tuscany. And I, I mean, like really remote. Like you look out of her bathroom mm. window and all you can see is the mountain. It's, I mean, it's the most incredible view, but it's like seriously remote. <laughs> and I just had this this like moment of, everything in my life could have been so different. I mean, technically not because my grandparents, they met here when they both came yeah. to London, but in theory, like, you, so, you know, could could easily have grown up in a village like that or like for yourself, you know, going back to Jamaica, growing up in places like that. Do you feel like for us, we sometimes take for granted 
where we've grown up and how we've been brought up. Definitely, definitely. I always, there's a sentence that always comes to my head when something kind of, I see something on TV or something happens and I'm like, thank God for placement. Like, because I was watching those, like a, vol- um, a volcano eruption the other day mm. and I was like, oh, imagine living there and then losing your your home because of a volcano. That's and It's because you just happened to be born yeah. in that country. And I was like, God, thank God for placement that I was born here and I've been able to have the opportunities that um, I have had and, you know, I've had the kind of life that I've, that I have enjoyed. Um, so yeah, definitely, I do think about that sometimes. And I think people do take for granted, you know, not just kind of where they live, but also the things that they have, whether mm. it's material or the opportunities that they have, yeah. or don't even realize that they have. Yeah, what, what for you, what was the, the biggest lesson you learned from your childhood? Um, what's the biggest lesson? That's a question that, um, never been asked before (laughs) I mean I guess I would probably say that you can do you can do anything that you um put your mind to kind of don't don't limit yourself like my mum and dad were married but divorced when I was about 10 11 and but my mum um she was always the kind of mum that like if I said I wanted to do something Mm. she never said oh I don't think you can do that she never she never put doubts in my mind about about my abilities or what I could do she would always support it and so and she used to be in, like in the territorial army and and she would do things that she'd she like I remember her breaking her ankle one time because she jumped off a building mm. and it's like well mum you knew you were <laughs> you you were, she was nervous about doing it but she yeah. still did it yeah, yeah. and I think that's that's the kind of person that I am yeah. like I might be nervous about doing something but I'll kind of feel the fear and do it anyway yeah. and so I think um probably from my childhood it's kind of just doesn't matter nothing can stop you besides death so you know even Mm. if things go wrong you know you can make it right or you'll get over it just just give it a try yeah and did you have any challenges that you had to face while you were growing up as well I don't know I mean not personally you know it's kind of um I think challenges 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 I, I think as a child I don't necessarily feel like the hurdles have probably come more in my 20s rather than as um a teenager yeah like as a teenager because said it was more i don't know i th- I, it, I sit down with my sister and my cousins and we we um we talk sometimes and we say actually you know sometimes we don't we forget how blessed we are with the childhood that we did have yeah. that you know that um regardless of what was happening kind of in the outside world or around because you know whether it's my mom dad other people in the family there was lots of issues going on in the background but my mom was very good at kind of sheltering my sister and I um, my sister and I from that even when I like what sort of things do you mean I don't know just just family stuff like arguments and things like say like I remember when my nan died and my nan left all the contents in her house to my sister and I and she left money to different people but then people assume she left more than she actually did and you know when you've got family jealousies or rivalries and things and I remember like my uncle um wanting the fridge freezer and my sister and I had said um because obviously we were quite young at the time we were like 15 16 so my sister and I said well if people tell us what they want then we can tell them if they can take it yeah um but the only two things that we know we definitely want to keep is we said we want to keep the fridge freezer because mum needed to buy one anyway so we wanted my mum to have that and uh, my nana just bought a new washing machine so we said let's keep that but everything else people ask us and you can probably have we're 15 16 we haven't got any space for it anyway but my uncle 
wanting what he wanted, went and took the fridge freezer without asking. So then my uncle went to go and get it back and out of spice, he mashed he like mashed up oh, and like no. beat the fridge freezer with a baseball bat to kind of break it and it was no like way. You didn't need to be bad mind. Why are you like, yeah. <laughs> why are you? So it was more of, if you can't, ha- if I can't have it, then you can't have it. Yeah. But then that's again, because of their, their, their issues as kind of, I guess, siblings and things that they had. Mm-hmm. And so as I said, there was other things going on, but they would never try and involve yeah, yeah. Um, the kind of children. So that's why, um, you know, like my mom, like my mom's amazing. She's like, she's like superwoman to me just because, you know, even now, you know, if I said, Mum, I need this, she'll she'll move heaven and earth to kind of help me with it and things. I remember I did the London to Brighton bike ride. Mm. And um, and my mum called me at the start line. She's like, oh, good luck with the journey. I was like, okay. And she's like, how are you getting back? And I was like, oh, I have to wait for a coach yeah. until the last person comes and bring on a coach. She's like, oh, that's a bit long. And she drove down from Birmingham to Brighton oh, to bring wow. me back to London, oh, wow. which was amazing. Yeah. And I was really pleased because in the end I ended up getting sick and having, um, I have sickle cell, which is an autoimmune yeah. condition. Okay. And so I ended up having a sickle cell crisis after it because I'd kind of pushed my body too far. So it was yeah. good that she had come and got me because her being there, well, she was able to look after me. Yeah kind of um after it happened but again I you know my childhood um was amazing because of her because of the mother that she is and because of um you know the values the values and morals that she instilled in me and that she has kind of just made for a you know a great upbringing (laughs) yeah that's great and and on the sickle cell thing that's quite interesting Mm. like how has that affected you or played a part in you know your work or you know has it had any kind of effects on you because it's quite a I mean it's quite a serious thing to have isn't it yeah it's serious um what I would say is I didn't know well my my parents didn't know I had sickle cell until I was eight because when I was eight I got knocked over by a car Mm. and so it's it's then when the hospital um obviously did like like tests and things and stuff that they were like, oh, she's got sickle cell. And so it was like, my dad was like, oh yeah, you used to complain about aches and pains. I was like, yeah. So now you know we weren't lying when my sister and I were saying we were in pain. So if you both got it, you're (laughs) in Yeah, because we're twins. So so we both have it. Um, But essentially, I guess these days I know what... um, what triggers me and things mm. so I know the kind of things like you know if I'm overly stressed or if I'm not eating properly or if I go from extreme temperatures from like hot to cold and things like my sister was just on a honeymoon last week and she was like oh I ended up having a sick cell crisis because so I went in the sea and then when she came and she said it was oh. cold and then when I came out the sea I didn't dry off straight away so then she had to go and hunt down a doctor and get painkillers and things mm. and stuff while she's away but I could I'm, I manage it because I know kind of I know what affects me. So even yesterday, like a lot of people with sickle cell don't play sport, but I yeah. play netball. But even yesterday, after I played netball, I had quite a hard session, and I came home and I could feel like my body wasn't so. I, so I just took a whole bunch of painkillers, yeah. like and just drank like a liter of water just to kind of in the hopes that it didn't come on. I was like, please don't come on, please don't come on. So yeah. um, I kind of just I have to build in kind of me time and a bit of self care time just to ensure that ensure that I'm on top of my health because if I end up having a crisis then that kind of knocked me out from three to seven days or more I mean luckily I've only ended up in hospital Mm. probably about four times four Mm -hmm. times in my life and had to have like morphine and be kind of in like because just but it's because I've I've been managing it yeah like if I wasn't looking after myself that could be that could be a lot worse yeah and you mentioned um having to like 
take care of yourself and having like self-care routine I guess like yeah. what do you do for that what what kind of things I think I just because I'm I'm the kind of person where I'm, I'm always people are like are you ever home Anika you're always busy you're always doing something and which I try I I try and fit a lot of things in so you know mm. I put things in the diary and I'm like I'm recording my podcast I'm planning for the Black Magic Awards I'm uploading things onto social media I'm doing day-to-day work I'm you know I'm doing all these different things and I can be one of those people that just like the energized body just go 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 mm. and I don't stop unless I put in the diary and say like now this day I'm literally I'm just gonna maybe like hang out with friends where we're not doing anything we might be just watching a film we might just be sitting down you know in a pub pub talking yeah. and having some food might go and get a massage or go to you know like a spa and just chill mm. so it's kind of just knowing actually I, I make sure at least at least once a month that I have like a day or a weekend where I'm like this is for me I'm not yeah. doing any work I'm not um kind of you know going to an event kind of like to work or anything like that or to network or to do whatever I'm just just enjoying enjoying yeah. life living life and kind of doing things to feed my soul and to feed my mind and just to just to enjoy and make me happy not that things don't on a day-to-day basis yeah. but but to help you like refresh and exactly. recharge and unplug exactly. a little bit yeah, yeah. Like I, so i i'm kind of the opposite right so i <laughs> every ounce of my body tells me to just do nothing like when i get home like just chill just watch tv but then like no i've got to do like i like force myself to like do work or like edit podcast stuff or you know make videos or edit you know all the kind of things that I do so yeah. I kind of have the opposite battle where I'm like I have to make myself do things yeah but as part of that I then also have to factor in self-care stuff so like you know we were talking just before and I was telling you about like meditation and things mm. so I like do daily meditation I, I go to the gym in the mornings to kind of get the body refreshed and started for the day and do various different but you know reading I count as one as well because I can yeah. just completely unplug um journaling like various different things that I, I slot into my my daily re- normally my morning routine to be fair yeah to kind of have that element of like right this is just refreshing my soul and just cleansing me so I can be really concentrated when it comes to a when I go to work but b when I come home and yeah. I, I want to concentrate on the extracurricular work that I do outside of my day job so nice. I like reading too and I've got yeah. a journal that I need my friend bought me that I need to that I want to start yeah. um that I want to start using as well but someone um, was telling me about an interesting journal the other day I can't remember the name of it but it's like oh, it's called like the the five Joe you might know this the, the, the it's like the daily five daily journal or something and then you basically write down it's like broken down into sections so mm. you you write down things that you're grateful for um you know what happened in the day emotions that you went through feelings you felt and it kind of breaks it down like that and you fill it in every day and nice. um, so i'm interested in, in looking into that i might buy that and see how that goes because i just i just do it off the top of my head i write down like three things i'm grateful for mm. and then a little rev- like review of the day like oh today was you know i was I had a lot of stuff going on in my head, so it was nice to come home and meditate for a bit or whatever and stuff like that. Do you and keep it and look over it? Um, I should do. I don't. Mm. I should do. But I, I've kind of fallen off the wagon with it a little bit in the last few mm. weeks because I've been really lazy. I've kind of got to the last few pages of it. Yeah. And I need to go and buy a new one, and I've just, like, I haven't. So okay. once, I, once I do, I'll be fully back in it, and I've got, like, my affirmations written in the back, and I want to review those and rewrite those. So 
um, that's that's important as well. No, definitely. I think um, I've got like an affirmation kind of on my wall that I say every morning. Mm. Don't ask me to remember what it, what, what it is off the top of my head. <laughs> it's just there on my wall for me to, yeah. to look at and cover? say. Um, kind of covers just saying like, um, you know, I'm growing daily. Um, my life... Um, my life is perfect in every way, you know, um, trust, um, trust, you know, how I feel, trust my intuition mm. and um, just, yeah, yeah, that's quite enough. And how do you feel that benefits you in the long term? Um, I just try, you know, I've, I've been trying to kind of form better habits in, t- in terms of my morning routine, being kind of like, dig- like working in digital in particular, you, you kind of get into the habit of picking up the phone the first thing and you know, I'm going on Instagram, I'm going on Facebook and you know, looking what everybody else is doing on social media, posting on social media. And that's, you know, that's a habit I've come to do within in the morning. So I'm trying to break that habit and mm. kind of get up and do a couple of stretches, um, say the affirmation and also, if I, if I pick up my phone, instead of going on Instagram or Facebook, maybe going to Spotify and playing, I've got like a mm. inspirational playlist and playing that or putting on, you know, a podcast or a motivational talk or, or YouTube video yeah. rather than kind of looking at what everybody else is doing and getting kind of sucked into that in the morning. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a big believer in, you know, start the day kind of as you mean to go on. And, and if something goes wrong, I'm, you know, I'm trying to do better at kind of recentering myself and be like, no. That might have happened, but it doesn't mean it's going to ruin your whole day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, it's interesting because I, I d- just done a recent, um, so I do in focus sessions on the podcast, which are like short five to eight minute episodes where I talk about one subject at a time. Mm-hmm. And one of the recent ones is on morning routine, funnily enough. And um, one of the, the, the bits of research that I was reading about it, this was before I, I'd kind of, well, I've always kind of had a bit of a morning routine. But once I kind of went into the swing of it and I read mm. a book called The Miracle Morning, I started to read a bit more research. And one of the things I found was that I think it's in the first 90 minutes of your day, mm. if you make that really like super productive or whatever you want to focus it on, yeah. that then carries through to the rest of your day. And I found that really interesting. And yeah. I definitely like myself find the benefits when I go through my morning routine, like the days where I don't quite hit everything in my morning routine I feel a little less like energetic yeah a little less productive but the days I do I'm like supercharged all day amazing. it's quite it's quite amazing it's quite amazing actually. yeah so I just I think I just need to stick to it as well just yeah. because I think you definitely feel kind of better yeah. having kind of a routine like that when I instead of when I've just got looked at social media then got out of bed late I'm tired I'm you know having um had time to kind of make anything to eat properly yeah. and you know rushing around have to find what I'm wearing get out of the house yeah. sometime so but also find like it's, it's understanding that you will have days like that and mm. accepting okay cool maybe this morning wasn't perfect but yeah. I'll try better tomorrow and mm. not beat yourself up about it yeah I think that's massively key because some people will be like ah. Oh, I didn't do my meditation this morning or I didn't go to the gym like oh mm. I'm such a bum or but it's like it's cool just like it happened it's done like focus on the next morning and oh, see definitely. if you can do better then and go from there it's all a learning process mm. it's funny my friend um she does um reiki yeah and um so the other day i did have a sickle cell crisis and she she was like i'm coming go-, she's, she's like i'm coming over to do um provide healing for you yeah, yeah. it's the first time i had it done like yeah. i knew she did it but then she offered to kind of come over and do it yeah. and they said my like i'm always going and um 
but it was nice to kind of just be still and just be in the moment and yeah. you know i guess have that transfer of you know good energy kind of back and forth between us and I guess because it's a friend i felt comfortable so literally i ended up falling asleep and then mm. she's like oh it's over and i was like oh that was great because yeah. <laughs> in the daytime i find it really hard to switch off so this was like in the daytime yeah. but and i was like i oh, can't believe i managed to sleep yeah. and she's like oh so um so that was amazing and and it's really funny because she um she was like oh my god and guess what and i was like what she's like you gave me the name for my company and i was like how did i give you the name she's like your brain was still working it was telling me i was like i was like well um if, if that's what you think and she's yeah. like <laughs> i was like what's the name and she's like um simoji so her name's simone yeah. and then i'll guess energy so she's yeah. like so the name is simoji i was like oh i actually like that name she's like you gave it me i was like oh okay well i'll take that yeah that's <laughs> i'll the take 10 percent on all yeah. uh, profits <laughs> that's wicked i'm actually due to get a reiki um i don't know what you call it a session yeah. um with a guest that i had in a podcast previously natasha um we we haven't organized it but she was like yeah definitely come and check because yeah. i'm like really interested in it yeah because I've, I've read about it and i've you know seen you know various bits and pieces and spoken to people but i've never experienced it myself yeah. so i'm quite interested so you'll um, enjoy it i i enjoyed it and yeah. so i definitely said i'm gonna um yeah. make sure that i um do a session with my friend again. yeah that's wicked and on that on your you've got your own podcast as well yes. right and it's again it's an extension of the black magic network mm-hmm. um can you tell me a bit about that and why you wanted to start the podcast and type of guests that you have on and everything like that so last year last september um launched the black magic awards which was an award ceremony where we honored women of color that have paved the way in various industries so we had like footballer england footballer rachel yankee Mm. um alicia dixon from mystique um we're honoring her and mystique for that music we had angela ma who's a comedian and people from all walks of life angela griffin actress a lot of people know from coronation street and loads of different people and even we had like Storms who come down and give out an award to um, a DJ called um, Jenny Francis, who's featured yeah, um, yeah, yeah. in the interlude on his album. And so it was like an amazing event, really inspiring, really empowering. There's just such great energy in the room. And basically I'd watched, there's a show in America called Black Girls Rock, which is um, where, again, they're honoring black women from all walks of life. And lots of lots of people, I used to see lots of people over here say, oh my God, this is amazing. I wish there was a British one. And again, I was always fed up of people looking to America for role mm. models. I'm like, we have so many talented, amazing women here right on our doorstep. Let's thank them. Let's celebrate them. The mainstream media might not be doing it, but let's us do it. So we launched the awards and then it was kind of like, it, we had this amazing day and then, I was like, oh, okay, it's, it's finished now. And I didn't want it to be finished. I wanted to continue that kind of yeah. energy, those stories, that encouragement, that inspiration, and just to be hearing about people's journeys um, after it, not just on one day. So I decided to do a podcast where I could talk to, you know, brilliant and resilient British black women and hear about their journeys and talk about, you know, various aspects of kind of just day-to-day life and and so it's been amazing so i've had guests from you know that talking on issues from you know fertility Mm, um to being domestic abuse or you know domestic abuse to child abuse lots of different things have been kind of um discussed on the podcast um with uh people that have just got you know normal normal jobs <laughs> yeah. to your celebrities as well so it's been a it's been a mix mm. like i guess celebrity wise spoke to the likes of 
via Alicia Dixon, Beverly Knight, Dawn Butler, um, MP. Oh God, so many, so many different people. But then I'm the kind of like everyday people. So um, I had DJ Melody Kane on an mm-hmm. episode where she, you know, she got really personal talking about her family life and background and also being a vegan and how she's kind of changed her lifestyle. I had Natasha Benjamin who runs an organisation called Free Your Mind and who deals with um, childhood domestic violence and um, Kareen, um, Kareen Daniels who talks about kind of again she's a counsellor and deals with kind of childhood abuse and trauma yeah. and so that episode was amazing just in terms of how they revealed so much about what had happened to them as young people mm. um, experiencing kind of growing up in households and experiencing that and also one unhealthy relationship so it was with a lady called Jenny Steele and um, Penny Jarrett and so that was just crazy just seeing that even though these two ladies were kind of you know quite a few years apart in age but they'd had such similar experiences in terms of suffering from domestic abuse um domestic abuse at the hands of their partners and being hospitalized and now having to kind of try and educate young people on what a healthy relationship looks like Mm. and so yeah so it's just been really eye-opening and just really just fun to kind of meet different people and talk to different people and just to hear their life experiences and again just makes me realize how blessed I've been because I've not had to kind of experience a lot of the stuff that many of the people on my podcast have experienced so it just it's good for me to kind of hear what they've gone through and hear their experience and do you find that you know with each episode and each guests and everything that you're kind of doing on the podcast that you're walking away with like newfound knowledge and wisdom and you're kind of you know almost like a sponge to soak it up definitely definitely I remember I was saying my background's journalism mm. so you know mm. so I've always been interested in in people and hearing people's stories and and being able to give them a place to tell their stories whether it was in print or whether it was in you know in video and now through yeah. podcasting and so it's just um so it's just been another way for me to receive that information and you know from the horse's mouth and just to hear kind of actually this is you know this is what's happening in schools at the moment with you know young people and health relationships so this is how I'm getting to them which is what kind of Jenny was talking about and you know hearing about the music industry with Princess Naya um is a recording artist and Natalie Maddox who um, runs a um, house gospel yeah. choir and you know telling me their experiences as women working in the media um, working in the music industry and yeah. trying to kind of get ahead and make their money and make a name for themselves and so yeah so it's just been yeah really eye-opening really educating and just really um just as I said just really inspiring yeah and I'll give you a minute to think about this one but what's the the biggest thing you've learned from any of the guests I would say the biggest thing that I've learned from the guests on the podcast is to that your story doesn't always define you. So whatever happened to you, you know, if something happened to you as a child or whether it was as an adult, um, that doesn't that that can make you, but it doesn't define you. So you don't always have to kind of, I guess, revert back to that. You know, if it was a negative situation, you don't have to revert back to that negative situation. You can turn things around and actually... Um, not necessarily ignore that part of your life, but not let it not let it um, affect your path or your journey or the destiny that's made out for you. Yeah. Um, so I think that's probably the biggest thing that I've learned. Yeah. Amen to that. <laughs> Love that. I, that's going to be that is going to be a, I'm, I'm going to make that into a clip. Straight away. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, but it's so true, though, isn't it? It's like a lot of people hold themselves back from things because they allow themselves to hold themselves back. So 
Definitely. I think, I think we all, um, you know, we all have that voice in our head that says to us, you know, you know, you're not good enough, you're not successful enough, or you're, you can't do that. Mm. Even accepting this role um, for this new job that I've mentioned earlier, I was kind of doubting whether I should take it or not. Not because, because um, obviously it's an amazing job for a great company, but more actually, am I, you know, am I moving away from, you know, my entrepreneurial roots? Am I, you know, yeah. am I, is, is this the right place for me? Is, am I on the right path still? And um, on my first day, so everybody there has a number that represents them. Okay. So you, for you to be able to kind of get access to, you know, whether it's to the printer, to your computer. Yeah, yeah. And um, my number starts off with 0121. So 0121 is the area code for Birmingham. Also, my birthday is January 21st. No. So the first of, you know, 21st of January, you could say. And so I was like, God, this is you telling me that I'm wow. in the right place, that this is where I'm supposed to be for whatever, whatever's to come in the future. Yeah. This is part of that journey. And I felt like when, when seeing that, because I did have my doubts, not um, doubts, more maybe it's like, can I, can I do this role here? Is this the right environment? And I, I had those doubts, yeah. but seeing that it was like, God, this is your plan. So I'm cool. I'm, you know, I'm happy now. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll make things happen here. Wow. That's um, amazing. I love hearing stuff like that because mm. there's so many examples from, you know, people I speak to or myself or whatever, where those little moments where they might seem insignificant, like a number, mm. but you know, they said you can relate that back to Birmingham or your birthday or, and it's just like, that's got to be deeper than just that was a random number. That exactly. You if you think about like, you know, Barkers is a company with 80,000 people. It could have been any, any combination of numbers mm. that, um, that could have been given to me to represent me. Yeah. But you gave me one that actually it's a combination that starts with a combination that I actually recognize and actually I relate to. And that actually means home and that yeah. actually feels like me. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, no, this is, this is, this is part of my path and this is part of my yeah. journey. And I think to kind of recognize things like that though, I think you've got to be in tune with yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's in tune with the world or in tune just with, I don't know, with, with your spirit or whatever it is. I think, cause there's lots of times I think in life where, you know, I think maybe opportunities or maybe things may have passed me by because I wasn't so, I guess, in tune with myself, with, you know, listening to that intuition or looking out for the signs or probably even ignoring them yeah, kind yeah. of thing, you know, having that boyfriend and there was a sign there saying, Anika, stay away from that man. <laughs> red flag, red flag. Red flag, red flag. <laughs> but I'm ignoring it or, you yeah. know, don't do that job it's not it's not for you it's not going to make you happy it's you know and yeah. again ignoring it whether it's because oh it's like oh i need the money i've got bills to pay and not having faith that actually there'll be something else and i think um that's one thing that i'm you know i'm i, I walk more in faith these days like i'm mm. kind of like what well, actually you know if I'm, if you know, if I if I quit a job tomorrow, I'm confident that something will come up quickly because I, because I have yeah. that faith and I you know I'm, I'm open open to kind of the opportunities arising. You know, mm. you hitting me up last minute for the podcast and it's kind of like, oh, I've got a lot on this week. I mean, this day is free in the evening, but <laughs> I could just do with going yeah. home and just chilling kind of thing because I've got something every day. But yeah. it was like, no, Anika, actually, you've I thought you know you've hit me up for a reason let me just let me let me yeah. come down here and, yeah. and do this well, so. i appreciate that <laughs> but so where do you think you get that sense then of um faith as you put it or self-awareness from um i think i think i would say my friends i think that 
I think people don't realize how much their friendship circles define them and also um, push them on the path that they're going to. You know, you know, there are some people that could have friends and their friends, you know, maybe aren't very aspirational or maybe into kind of negative things or doing things they're not supposed to be doing and follow down that path, or follow down that path or some that like, they're doing that, but I'm not. Mm. Um, but there are some where they'll just kind of follow the crowd. And so, you know, I mean, I think I've always been that purple elephant where I'll just do what I want when I yeah. want. But also I have the kind of friends around me that, you know, my generation and my family is the first generation that kind of went to university. And so then seeing one of my older cousins going and it was kind of like, okay, well, if she's doing it, then maybe that's what we, we should do as yeah. well. So my sister and I and her sister were like, yeah, we're all going to university. And like, we were the first ones um, to do that um, in our family. And then like, I've got the kind of friends where, you know, I meet up with my friends and we'll say, you know, what are your prayer requests? You know, like what, you know, what's on, what's on your heart? What's on your yeah. heart at the moment? How can, you know, like, let's, let's pray about that. Let's, let's put that out there to the world, to God. So that, um, so that, you know, this, this will happen. Might not be tomorrow, might not be next year, yeah. but you know, we've, we've, we've put that request, we've put that out there and we're all kind of like feeding the positivity between each other. And, and it's, I always say your vibe, your vibe attracts your tribe. And mm. I think that, um, that, you know, around me, I've attracted those kind of women that are, you know, that are my biggest cheerleaders, that are, you know, that will support me, whether it's, you know, on an event or, you know, listening to my pod podcast. And, you know, if I'm starting, you know, a new role, if I'm writing a new article, they're going to share that, they're going to support that. Yeah. And and um, so I think having the, having people with that kind of spirit around me, I think has kind of helped shape yeah. me into that kind of person. Nice. And are they friends that you've had from childhood or they just, they've, the circles kind of formed as you've got older? So it's a mix. It's um, ones from childhood um, that I've had literally. Um, so my ones, my childhood friends, um, there's, there's five of us where we've known each other since literally I was born. And so mm. we went to primary school, secondary school, college, lived together at university, but went to different universities, but lived together. So we've known each other forever. Yeah. And there's very few people that have that. So again, you know, I'm, I'm definitely grateful for having these women in my life that I've known my entire life that, you know, know every facet of me, know everything that I've been through. Mm. And, um, and, you know, we don't need to question each other about about anything we're just there for each other and we, you know they know we know what each other's other needs and then i've got having moved to london and um obviously not having any family here i've had to kind of make friends and those friends become family because my family are all you know in birmingham yeah. or, or other places around the world and so i'm very close to my friends and so again i think um I've had a series of friends throughout the years, but then, you know, some people are in your life for a season, some people for just a reason, and then they go and some for a lifetime. And the ones that are kind of, um, you know, there for the season or just for a particular reason, they've come, gone. And the ones I think that uh, have the same kind of energy of, as me have mm. kind of kept around. And I think I'm more mindful these days of, because um, generally I'm quite a, a positive person and, you know, sociable person and, there's, I've had people around me that I'd guess I'd describe as maybe like energy suckers. And yeah. and probably in the beginning, I didn't notice that. There's other friends that would be like, oh, I don't like that person. I don't like that person. He can, me wanting to give that person a chance or, you know, or help that person. 
and then maybe they do something where it's actually actually no you're kind of that you're taking 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 not giving which is fine but then you just keep on keep on sucking that energy out of me so you have yeah. to know when to let those kind of people go and i've learned yeah. i think i've just learned that over the years so that now kind of around me i i have the right people around yeah. me that's wicked that's amazing yeah. like this i think it's definitely something that i'm becoming more aware of as well is like having a, a, a circle of people like you said that like build you up and they're like your biggest cheerleaders or yeah. you've seen that will smith video he's talking about find your flames oh, okay he's yeah. talking about you need i can't remember it word for word but he's talking about having people around you that fan your flames okay, rather than yeah. like try to put them out they're like exactly exactly and and i think probably also um my my mum my like if i if, if i even look back i'd probably say my mum is um a good a good um a good advocate of that because she she never she always fanned our flames she never mm. you know even if we were even like probably probably she does less of it now she's yeah. probably more criti critical now yeah. <laughs> she really can be now. Cause she, yeah like so probably more like what are you doing no <laughs> um now that she was when we were when we were young people but she always like you know if we were playing netball she'd be the mum that would bring the oranges to the side of yeah. the court and be be like come on girls you're doing really well mm. and she'd give constructive criticism she'd be like well if we, if we didn't win well the better team won then didn't yeah. they you have to work harder next time yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so she was always she was always um that sort of mum and things so she'll she'll always speak her mind even like with the black magic awards last year she's like what dress have you got to wear? And I was like, she's like, I want my babies to look good. And I was like, oh, I've got a great dress. And she's like, oh, I bought you a dress just in case I don't <laughs> like what you're wearing. And literally, on the most way, my sister was calling, I was like, where are you? She's like, our oh, mum's putting her foot down because she's saying if she doesn't like your dress, she'll want you to change. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, but she'll always make the effort for effort to kind of come and support my events. She'll be like, what do you need? So, you know, I used to do... um an event for International Women's Day called Power Players where it would um, connect women that wanted to work in the music, tech or creative industries with power players within those industries. And again, she'd come down to that and she'd bring food, she'd put the food out. And so, you know, I think having a mother that's always fanned my flames as I think has wanted people around me that, yeah. that I like that too. Yeah. And so, um, so I think, yeah, it's, it's probably always yeah. been that way, but unconsciously. Sub unconsciously yeah, so. it's, it comes out, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're clearly quite passionate woman in, <laughs> in with, with everything you do you've got this like real energy so that sort of like surround you of like positivity and like passion and mm. everything but how would you sum up your passions in a nutshell how would I sum up my passions um or what's the thing you're most passionate about in terms of you know what you're trying to do or create yeah I would say I'm passionate about seeing people realize their potential I'd say that's that's what I'm passionate about. So, you know, as a journalist, being able to kind of tell the stories of um, of people, whether they were, you know, entrepreneurs, whether it was young people, whether it was celebrities, but being able to to tell it, tell it in, you know, I was never, I never wanted to be that, you know, tabloid journalist that was kind mm. of concentrating on the negative thing. I was always focused on actually, how can I show what this person, this person's doing amazing things? How can I let more people know about this? Um, seeing kind of I used to work for a youth charity called Urban Development, yeah. music charity, and and I took the role there because it was I was able to kind of curate a program to try and get young people that wanted 
to young people that weren't not in education, employment or training that wanted to get into the creative industries, being able to curate um, a series of events where they could learn from the people within the industry, gain new skills and yeah. get job ready or even get a job within the industry. And, you know, that was amazing to me. And just, just hearing people kind of say, that helped me. So whether they, you know, if they've listened to the Black Magic podcast and they've said, oh my God, I cried at that episode because hearing that person was abusive. But it, I, I went through that and that helped me mm. hearing that. And, you know, see, seeing somebody that's read an article that I've written and then messaging me and saying, oh my God, thank you so much for showcasing me in the right light or being able to give, you know, someone that wanted an internship a job yeah. and, or their first, their first, you know, particularly in the creative industry, you know, you get a lot of, you're trying to try and get a job and the people won't give you a job without the experience, but how can you get the experience if people won't give you that opportunity? Yeah. And so, you know, as much as I can, I, use, I try and give people the opportunity if I can help. And so, um, so yeah, so I guess it all comes down to being able to tell, tell, tell people's stories and helping people to realize their potential. Yeah. Amazing. And if, if there's someone who's listening and they want to make a start within the kind of creative industries or, you know, they're not quite sure how to go about, you know, applying for a job or, you know, they, they're kind of just beginning their journey, as it were. Yeah. What advice would you give them? I would say when I started out, you um, if you think about it, like Twitter social media wasn't there so if I wanted to get in contact with people I had to write people letters <laughs> I had to look through yellow pages and things and this wasn't that long ago <laughs> yeah, yeah. and to, to, to really get in contact with people you couldn't just jump on LinkedIn and be like put in the name of somebody and find somebody I had to hunt mm. and so to get my first work experience I had to send someone a letter wait for them to reply or call someone off you know a pay phone or my house phone because <laughs> I didn't yeah. have a mobile <laughs> And so, um, so things were um, not necessarily like harder, but you know, more time consuming. Yeah. And now, you know, you've got access to you know that information at, at your fingertips. It's not hard to, if you want to work in TV, to look at the credits of a TV program and think, okay, who's the producer on that? Let me, or you know, who's the exec? Let me email them to see if I can have a coffee with them just to find out a bit more about working in the industry. Mm. You know, it's not hard to find a journalist that works, you know, um, at a newspaper or magazine. You know, a lot of people put on social media will put, even put their email on there, so yeah, it's just yeah. really easy for you to get in contact with them. And there are so many training opportunities out there at the moment. So, you know, whether it's things with the BBC or if um, the Guardian, um, I mean, sorry, the Edinburgh, the Edinburgh Television Festival, they do a training scheme for um, if you want to get into the TV industry. There's lots of things out there if, mm. um, if you want to. Media Trust, Media Trust do great things, Mama Youth. There's, there's so many different organisations that um, are working in that space to kind of equip young people with the skills to get into these industries. Yeah. And then, and even if you're not young, if you're not at kind of college or if you're not at university, then I think it's just about connecting. It's, now's been, now is the kind of, it's the prime time to just connect with people because you can, you can join a group on Facebook that, you know, group for pod there's a group for everything whether you like podcasting whether you like knitting whether you like yeah, what, yeah. whatever you like doing there is a group for it whether it's on Facebook whether it's on a site like Meetup whether it's on LinkedIn there's, and connect with like-minded people and I guess work work together you know use it so any spare time you have outside of work to you know obviously you've all got to pay bills you've got to keep the lights on so do your day job but around that 
put in that extra work to kind of, if you want to produce content and film content, go out there, find somebody with a camera, you know, a student or someone. There's people out there with cameras that will help and make that, make, you know, make a pilot or make mm. a show. You know, even if it, even if it's rubbish, the first one, you've, you've still you've at least it. got something, you've still at least got, got yeah. it off the ground and you have something to say, this is, this is what I've done. You know, if you want to be a, if you want to write, just write, start a journal, start a blog. You know, you can set up a WordPress blog for free. Um, if you kind of just want the kind of dot at wordpress.com, obviously if you want your own kind of super polished one, it's a bit different, but yeah. there's so many things that you can do without needing anybody today. And when I started out, you needed somebody mm. to, um, to let you in the door. So if I wanted to write, then I needed somebody to, uh, to allow me to do that. Cause I could write at home, which I did, but if I wanted it out there in any other medium, I had to, I had to get out there and find that. So I, and I did all that myself. Like from the age of 14, I was writing. So I used to write for um, a magazine in Birmingham called Smoke Free Birmingham, which was um, done by the NHS. I used to write for um, a free newspaper that used to go to every household, um, within Birmingham and he's right for like the Birmingham mountain. Literally, this is just by me just writing to them and saying, I, I want to be a writer and can you, can you give me the opportunity yeah. and things? And I used to, there's a magazine called street cred in Birmingham, which was like a urban youth magazine at the time. And it was massive in Birmingham. And, and so again, I worked with the editor from there, like, and just going to loads of different celebrity interviews. I mean, uh, ended up doing, you know, at like the age of 15 I was in came down to London and I'm in like the Dorchester on Park Lane interviewing um Total and 112 yeah. who were on P Diddy's label at the time um who was because the, they were releasing music and I was like you know I was like 14 15 years yeah, old wow. um doing that and yeah. I remember being in Birmingham city center and there was a DJ that was walking past and I was like where are you going and he's like I'm going to interview um so Tatiana Ali yeah she was so, um, she was Ashley in the Fresh Prince it. so at the time she just released the album yeah, she had yeah. a song out called Daydreaming and she was touring with the Backstreet Boys and um, again I was like 15 and I had my dictaphone on me and I had a dictaphone on me and I was like oh my god I'm coming with you to interview her yeah. and um, he's like you can't just roll up to an interview I was like why not <laughs> who do you need to call and he was like there's a guy called um, DJ Semtex who was the head of Sony Street Team at the time I was like well you need to call Semtex and tell him I'm coming because I'm coming with you and so we went to a pay phone called Semtex and um, Semtex was like yeah sure bring her down and so that was the first celebrity yeah. interview I did wow. by myself at like the age of 15 with yeah. Tatiana Ali and wow, um big name and so, to start um, with. and so again it was i think if you want to work in the creative industry you've got to be fearless it's 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 one of those industries where you just have to be because a lot of work you'll get is from word of mouth or from your network yeah. and and i think one of the advice i would give to young people is you know build your network but when i say network it's building relationships with people so don't just think you're going to go and talk to somebody and you're going to ask them for something. Actually, you need to nurture that relationship. Think about what you have to offer people and, you know, whether it's a skill or whether it's just whatever it is and build that. And then down the line, then you, d you don't know what, you know, they can then maybe offer you to help you get ahead. Mm. And so, um, so I think that's, um, I guess, one of the biggest tips I would say, build your network, you know, if you go into those networking events, don't be one of those people that's just standing in the corner not knowing what to do, you know, 
you know, look, you know, maybe if you see like three people talking, um, and if you see a group of three people talking and there's a group of two people, always go up to the three people because in that three, there's probably one person that feels a bit left out in that conversation. Yeah. And so just smile, you know, I went to, um, I got invited to a network in the event the other day, but not to network because they wanted me on the panel at a future event. So they wanted yeah. me to see what it was like. And so, um, so I was sitting in the corner and I had my headphones on and I was looking at my phone. I, I didn't, I was being a bit antisocial. I was going to say, yeah. And I, <laughs> Cause I didn't really want to talk to anybody. And I thought, and I saw this girl standing by herself and I was like, and you can stop being antisocial. So I looked at the girl and I smiled. And so she came over and she's like, ah, oh, I never know what to do at these events. And I said, you did the right thing. I looked at you, I smiled, you came over. So now, yeah. now start talking. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so yeah, so definitely Good. thinking. I've, I've gained some networking tips because I'm <laughs> yeah. the person who stands in the corner and feels very awkward. <laughs> I, I just, I don't deal with massive group <laughs> situations very well. Um, so that's good to know. If someone smiles at me, walk over and start talking. Yeah, good. exactly. Noted. Um, <laughs> so, so as someone who's like, you've done a lot and I'm guessing a lot of people come to you for kind of advice or mm. inspiration and the rest of it and to sort of take some knowledge from you. But who do you look to for inspiration? I guess I look for, you know... Um, I read a lot, so I read a lot of books to kind of get inspired. I love Oprah. People that know me all know that, like, Oprah is like, I, I, I'm, I'm speaking it into existence. I will meet Oprah. I will interview Oprah. I will even work with Oprah. Just, just putting it out there, guys. It will happen. So remember you where you heard it. Yeah, heard it, yeah. Good. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so Oprah. And I, I think... Um, I don't know, just there's so many people doing amazing things. I don't know if there's just there's one person that I can kind of look for for inspiration. I think, you know, as I said, I, you know, I read kind of LinkedIn articles. I look on social media at what people are doing mm. and things and, and I'll be inspired by what they're doing. But also I think it's it's about me also managing kind of how I feel about where I am on my journey. Cause you yeah. know, you can often look at social media or see what everybody else is doing and think what you're doing is not good enough yeah. or I'm not far enough. And I've had those thoughts um, from time to time. Um, but you know, we're all on our own journey. And I think that sometimes, you know, in those situations, you either have to take a hiatus from social media or you just have to remember that on social media, people are showing us their highlights. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're only getting a, a snapshot and usually of the best bits of their life, not all warts and all. So I kind of just try and keep that in mind when I'm, um, mm. when I'm seeing that. But um, I think generally, um, I think the, pe the people that I have around me, you know, from my mom to my twin to all my great friends, I think they're the people that inspire me the yeah. most because they're the ones that are with me day to day, kind of yeah. cheering me on, pushing me and celebrating my successes, no matter how big or small. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I see a lot of people, there's been a lot of people at the moment, I think in terms of um, where, seen a lot of people committing suicide or saying that they're suffering from depression mm. or anxiety and again I kind of look around at my friends and I think because we all talk so much yeah. and because we all understand each other so much if somebody's going through something it's about helping each we, other as you, you know go. like yeah. we we all under we all understand and we all can see if something's wrong we can see and even if we know that person's not ready to talk in our hearts or in our heads, we we know we know it, and we might check in, check in with each other it, again. Even if they're not ready to talk, they don't have to. And I think, again, that's what inspires me to kind of just, you know, 
be the best person because because you know we're all there for each other and cheering mm. each other and celebrating yeah. each other nice oh, that's, that's good i'm liking this i want to be part of this group <laughs> it sounds great <laughs> it's funny because all, for, all, for all my different friendship circles we have like different names like my birmingham ones are my girls for life because i've not we've all known each other forever so we're the girls for life yeah. um some of my london ones were like the divas kind yeah. of thing the, the divas it did stand for something but i can't remember what it stood for now but it's yeah. now just the divas <laughs> but nice. um but we've all got different groups yeah. of names, but yeah. As well. All right, so I've got last few questions yes. for you and time has absolutely flown by, by the way. Like, <laughs> I'm like looking at the time, I'm like, has it really been that much time? Time so, flies when you're having fun. Exactly. So last couple of questions. So first one, um, if you could roll back the clock mm. and you could speak to a younger version of yourself yeah. and give that younger version of yourself free bits of advice of things to start doing from that moment, what would you say? So one I would say get to grips with finances. I think that's one thing that, um, you know, maybe parents and schools don't teach children enough about, you know, whether it's kind of taxes, whether it's savings plans, whether it's investments, all that kind of things. Just just understanding how all that works and, you know, and, and when you should start saving. You know, I wish I'd, I wish when I first moved to London that I'd bought a house. Yeah. It was so cheap to buy a house then. You could get, you could, <laughs> you, um, you could get 0% mortgages and you, I could have easily got the property ladder when I yeah. first moved to London. Nobody, but nobody kind of put that kind of thing in my head and I didn't come from knowing that that's something that you should do. Like mm. now it's kind of, it's, it's not impossible, but it's difficult to get on the property ladder in London. And yeah. when I first moved here, it wasn't, but I, I wasn't aware of that at all. So I wish I'd gotten on the property ladder at that time. So, um, but also uh, again, it's, um, you don't necessarily need to have a property if that's not you know if you know you're the kind of person that wants to travel and enjoy life then you might not. but i wish i'd i just had yeah. it then because you know it could be a cash cow for me now i could have just been renting that out and living off living <laughs> living off the rent from other people yeah um and the other thing i would say is probably don't um although i had you know some great relationships with boyfriends i think i let that stop me from realizing some of my ambitions in terms of working abroad just mm. because you know you're like oh i'm going to be away from this person and you know and you don't want to be in your, you know at that time when you're young you think this person's your world and you're going to be with them forever and you don't you don't realize actually that's probably not the case and so i wish that some of the things that i'd you know my mom my mom used to always say to me i thought you were going to go and live in new york and be working in the media over there and yeah. i was like i thought i was going to be too and i and i still think i will kind of like you know work globally within this industry and actually you know a minister called me last week and kind of gave me a bit of a prophetic word saying just that oh, really? but which is which was out the blue but essentially i think that um when i was in my when i was in my kind of late teens early 20s i think i'd i wish i'd made other decisions decisions in those areas yeah, yeah. okay nice. so I would say if that's that's personally for me for yeah, my younger self of course and um, <laughs> and then Dreamer's disease. So to me, the dreamer's disease is, so I named it after Stormzy's uh, first EP. Well, not first EP, but his EP before his album. And I love Stormzy. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> and the interpretation I put on it is that it's the disease of dreaming that stops us taking action to do the things that we actually want to do because we're mm. too comfortable just dreaming about them and yeah. it being a one day kind of thing. What would your interpretation of the dreamer's disease be? 
when I think dreamer's disease, I think that, again, like it's like a disease of the mind. I, I, I think I would agree with you in terms of stopping that person, stopping taking action with what they really want to do because, you know, they have a dream, but then they're envisioning the nightmare and of, of what that dream could be rather than actually thinking this dream could actually work out. Because mm. I think a lot of people um, don't pursue the things that they want to do within life, you know, because of the fear of failure or because of it not working out. And I've done lots of things in life that haven't worked out or didn't work out in the way that I thought they would. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm here still to tell the tale. And I think that a lot of people end up having regrets because of the things that they, because of the dreams that they let the disease take over. So yeah. I think that would be my interpretation yeah. of it. Nice. I like that. This is Vicky. I get such a great answer every time. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, and then finally, what for you would be your ultimate happiness goal? Ultimate happiness goal. Why? Um, at the moment, I'm generally happy. Yeah. And so I think that, um, I think that the goal is to be happy with your life, regardless of kind of what state it's in. And so my life isn't perfect. I haven't got the money in the bank that I want to have in the bank at the moment. I'm not at the level in my career where I thought I would be at this moment. My business isn't bringing in, you know, millions of pounds at this moment in time. But, you know, I have amazing friends. I have a roof over my head. I have food, you know, um, I have, you know, food in my fridge you know I think genuine my goal is just to kind of stay consistently happy with you know not not waiting on kind of outside influences or things to change to make me happy mm. so my goal is just to continue trying to feel that way and when I don't trying to get back to feeling that way yeah. so I'd say that's my goal beautiful ending <laughs> on a very positive note I like that um, and <laughs> so before we do sign out can you let people know where they can find you online and where they can keep up to date with all of your projects from yeah. the podcast to the awards to the you know everything, da, 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 everything. yeah yes. plug 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 so if you want to find me online you can find me on twitter instagram facebook all that good stuff at anika allen that's a-n-n-i-k-a allen a-l-l E-N. So I'm an equal on all platforms, so it's very easy to find me. Also, make sure you follow the Black Magic Network. And again, that's um, Black Magic Network on um, Facebook and Instagram and the Black Magic um, NW on Twitter. So yeah, follow all that. Use the hashtag Black Magic Podcast if you want to listen to podcasts, which is available on all general podcast platforms like yeah, Acast, Apple podcasts etc to kind of hear me and look out for some podcast live events coming up soon i'm going live with the podcast going live nice yes. i'll have to check those out and come along yeah that'd be great all right well look thank you again for the time it's been amazing and honestly i mean i had so many questions written down that i was panicking that i had to try and remember and <laughs> i don't think we covered half of them because okay. we just went here there and everywhere which is great <laughs> i like i prefer that because it puts less pressure on me yeah but it was like I said, the time flew, so it was it was amazing, and you know I'll, I'll enjoy to to continue to see your journey and what you do from here, and where the podcast goes and the live shows and how the network grows and everything. So I wish you all the best with everything. Thank you. Thanks and for having me. 
So there we have it guys, that was Anika's story and you know I really loved how she's got this real passion and focus for her work and she's kind of almost uncompromising in a way of how she wants to go about doing it and achieving it and I loved the the moment when she was speaking about Oprah being a inspiration for her and I kind of feel like she's trying to create a similar kind of world and lane for herself which is you know really powerful to see and you know there's a lot in that and to be honest you know I'd written down a lot of stuff and questions I wanted to ask but the conversation just flew into all different types of directions and I felt like we got a lot out of Anika there so I really hope there was a lot for you guys to learn so as ever thank you for listening if you want to hit me up or get in contact or ask more questions you can get at me on Twitter and Instagram at I am Alex Manzi And I would love to hear what you guys thought. Get in touch and we can connect and have a conversation. So thanks again for listening. And as ever, make sure you go out there and chase your dreams. And I'll see you next time. This podcast is produced by Unedited.